Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm your host, Dina Joe, coming to you live from the DJ Pebbles studio located in the Mile High City, colorful Colorado. Welcome to the program. So grateful to have you with me today. Um, happy Valentine's again. If you're listening to this later on the live, thank you so much. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time. Um, to uh, download, um, hit that follow button so you can join this live sometime. I'm here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday um, at 7.45 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And I have the best people in the chat. Thank you all for your continued love, likes, shares, and downloads. Good morning. Oh, I got too many O's and too many ums in there. Oh, well, we'll see if it loves its end. <laughs> oh, of course I will be. Forever and ever. You're stuck with me, buddy. <laughs> Hi, Peter. Happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Happy Valentine's Day, mamas. <laughs> I hope you're having a good morning, Peter. Did you see that sunrise? Oh, my gosh. I didn't get to post the pictures, but oh. God, it was beautiful this morning. I, it made me late. It made me late getting stuff done because it was so pretty. Um, so, yeah. All right. We have um, it's Valentine's Day, of course. Um, Wednesday, fun day. Um, trendy. Oh, I forgot that one. Like, All right, <laughs> I'm gonna forget, I know I am. All right, currently Denver, it is 32 and um, it says partly cloudy. I guess there's some clouds out there, but I think it's more sunny than cloudy. 18 degrees, it feels like. Um, we'll have sunny skies and a high of 50. For my Welland, Ontario family, um, it says it's currently 23 and mostly sunny. Um, sunny skies and a high of 33. Um, for my friend BP, um, 28 mostly cloudy. Sunny skies, 38 is your high. Um, for my friends in Arizona, we have Tucson first, 37 and clear. Sunny skies, high 68. Phoenix, 44 and clear. Expect sunny skies, the highest. Um, and for me, Eichel in Elkerton, Maryland, um, 33, mostly sunny. Sunny skies, and high 37. All right. We are going to do the word of the day, spread some knowledge. It's a powerful way of adding value to the world. So that's what I'm going to do. And today, since it's um, a love day, I'm going to talk about self-love. Um, regard for one owns well-being and happiness, chiefly concerned as a desirable rather than a narcissistic character. So, yeah should love each other love ourselves um the quote how you love yourself is how you teach others to love you and i think that is so important so what is self-love self-love means that you accept yourself fully treat yourself with kindness and respect and continue to grow and care for your own well-being um, it also includes those pesky thoughts and feelings about ourselves that we 
Um, when you love yourself, you have an overall positive view of yourself. This doesn't mean that you feel positive about yourself all the time. You're only human. Um, you can be temporarily upset about something, yet still love yourself. Um, remember, do this for um, people you love, so why don't you do it for yourself? Um, a good example would be your children. They may have uh, done something that made you mad and upset, you still love them. That's how we need to treat ourselves. Why do we need to love ourselves? For um, some of us, we may have grown up without any models of self-love or anyone who talked to you about the importance of being with yourself. Um, you might question the value of self-love. Without it, you're likely to be highly self-critical and fall into people-pleasing and perfectionism. You are more likely to tolerate abuse or mistreatment from others. Um, you may neglect your own needs and feelings. When you understand self-love, you know it is the foundation that allows us to be assertive, set boundaries, and create healthy relationships with others. Practice self-care, pursue our interests and goals, and feel proud of who we are. Um, now, do not get self-love confused with narcissism. I know you hear that word a lot, but narcissists believe that they are better than others. Um, but will not take responsibility for their mistakes and they lack empathy for others. That's not self-love. Self-love, on the other hand, isn't about showing off how great you are. Um, people who love themselves in a healthy way know that they are flawed and make mistakes and they accept and care about themselves despite their imperfections. Self-love doesn't prevent you from caring about others. It simply means that you can give yourself the same kindness that you give to others. So I'm going to turn this down right here. Oh, Blackbeard was in here for a second. Um, and we'll listen to this one on self-love. You are who you've been looking for. So stop looking for more unless you're looking in a mirror because it's about time for you to see clearly that you are who you've been looking for. And that empty feeling you got, that hole in your chest, you only got that feeling because you think Thank you're you not blessed with everything you need. You see, we live in a consumerist society, which means they need you to buy stuff. And the easiest way to sell it is to tell you you're not enough. Buy this car, you'll get girls. Buy this bra, you'll get guys. <laughs> and we're seeing it so much that we start believing these lies, but the truth is, the makeup they're selling to make you feel prettier is the same makeup you buy to stop feeling shittier about this lie they keep telling you that you are not enough. And what about the movies we watch, all the shows on TV? The more I watch, the more I see I need you to complete me. And yes, love is the answer, love is the key, but if you can't love yourself, how can you ever love me? And loving yourself, what does that even mean? Like massages and selfies and that sort of thing? Because the more I think about it, the more it feels weird. I've always been taught that self-love was something to be feared. I've been taught that arrogance is bad and vanity it's not good and even my bracelets are telling me to act how Jesus would so what should I do? I'm supposed to love myself but how do I even do that? Well I got a trick that I picked up from a friend who noticed that I was quick to defend her when she would say something negative about herself. She would say I'm so dumb and I'd say you're so brilliant. She'd say I'm so weak and I'd say you're so resilient. Hi Helen. 
And when she said, I feel ugly, and I Welcome. said, you look beautiful, she asked me why I was so beautifully filling up her cup constantly and yet treating my own cup so irresponsibly. And when I looked in the mirror, my voice was quite clear. You're ugly, you're too thin, your hairline's receding, you got a pimple on your chin. And that was when she gave me a piece of advice that changed my life. She gave me a hug and she said, treat yourself like someone you loved. Treat yourself like someone you loved. Now I had been standing, but I needed to be sitting because I couldn't believe that I had been letting myself keep forgetting that I was who I had been looking for. And deep in my core, I knew it was time to stop looking for more until I could look through all my fear and look into a mirror and see clearly that the man looking back at me was the only one who can make me happy and I am already enough. And I am not any more special or unique than you. That is why I'm here to speak to you. You are already enough. And when you start to see that, you will start to be that. Your world will get brighter, your load will get lighter, and you can see that with life. You can be a lover, not a fighter. And that life, you deserve it. Because you are worth it. And there is no point in letting yourself keep forgetting because no matter what you say or do, you are perfect. And so today, I hope I leave you with a direction correction away from the flaws you see in your reflection. They aren't flaws to me, they are simply protection against all the doubts you have of your perfection. So start today. Take a good, long look in the mirror and say, I am who I've been looking for. That is You Are Enough Self Love by um, Adam Roa. Um, I like that one. Um, so you need to ask yourself this question as often when you're trying going through stuff. What would someone who loves themselves do in this situation? Ask yourself that question whenever you need to make a decision, be it a trivial or important um, cause, because guess what? You're important. So you got this. I believe in you. Um, that is a little bit about self-love. So we're going to move on to um, the joke of the day. All right. Um, and I tried to find some Valentine's ones for you. So here are, here's the first one. What do you call an army of baby cupids? Hmm? <laughs> and Infantry, get it? Infantry. What was the ghost? Oh, why was the ghost sad on Valentine's Day? <laughs> why was the ghost sad on Valentine's Day? He didn't have a boo. <laughs> I know. It's so boring. <laughs> no goofy. All right. So <laughs> um, there's no countdown to Valentine's Day because it's here. So happy Valentine's Day. Um, you guys are the best. I'm so glad you're with me today. I'm going to later on continue on with the list of 165 songs that were banned in America. Um, but let's get into. Um, oh, I have some corny 
corny pickup lines for you. Um, all right. <clears throat> Here's the first one. And if anybody ever told me any of these, I'd be like, wait, what did you just say to me? Um, are you alone? Because you definitely have my interest. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, all right. Um, I don't have a library card, but do you mind if I check you out? Oh. Oh my God. All right. Here's another one. Are you a parking ticket? Because you've got fine written all over you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Did people really say these things? All right. Here's another one. If you were a transformer, you'd be Optimus Fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, all right. Well, at least I'm laughing, and laughing's good for your health. <laughs> all right. Is your name Google? Because you have everything I'm searching for. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. I have a few more, a few more. Is your name Wi-Fi? Because I'm feeling a connection. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? <laughs> All right. You must be a campfire because you're hot and I want some more. <laughs> Get it? Some more? <laughs> oh my God, I'm cracking myself up. Um. All right, <laughs> two more. My feet are getting cold because you absolutely knocked my socks off. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Okay, last one, last one. You must be a time traveler because I see you in my future. All right, so those are the corny jokes. For, not corny jokes, corny pickup lines. Um, family, you can use some of those on your queen of heart, even though you already captured her. Just she just turned around you like, what the hell did you just say to me? Oh, my God. Oh, I got to say one of the, oh, I should have put one of those in Lewis's Valentine card. That would have made him laugh. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, if you listen on the download, and Peter, if you're interested, um, tomorrow, um, Bam Bam, that's Tuttles in, in the chat. He's Bam Bam to me. He's my Bam Bam. Um, he Bam Bam and Pebbles, um, we host Connecting Through Movies and their soundtrack. Um, and we will be watching CBGB, Country Bluegrass and Blues Documentary. Um, I'm trying to find, I don't know if it's the URL or what is it, the... Um, just look for Dina Joe on the Facebook page. I'll be in a white hat, a black shirt. And in the background, it says connecting through movies and soundtracks. Um, I'm hoping everything works good and it'll be able to, um, you'll be able to go there and see, I'll be able to have the live documentary there. So everybody can watch it at the same time. But we also have a live chat on Podbeam while we're watching the documentary. Now, this is the first time that we've done it this way. We tried it and it seemed like it was working, but it wasn't working the way we wanted it to work. So we kind of just stopped, but I'm going to try it anyway tomorrow and see if it works. If not, we'll have a live chat. Um, it's free on YouTube, but like I said, I'm going to be doing it so that you just have to go to Facebook and you can click on that page and be able to watch it. Hey, Lou Rock, happy Valentine's Day. Oh yes, I... 
I completely forgot for those of you who do do um, Lent. And I was thinking about this this morning. That's kind of, they made that. I mean, Valentine's Day, right? When people give up stuff for 40 days, like candy and stuff. You know what I mean? So um, I never thought about that before. But happy Valentine's Day and Lent to you. So anyway, um, tomorrow, uh, yes, connecting through movies and the soundtrack is back. So we'll be doing that 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the live chat here on Podbean. So look out for that. Um, I'm not going to talk about that. Oh, Usher, Usher, Usher. What is he going? Usher, Usher, Usher. How does he say himself three times in the... Um, he, uh, after the Super Bowl performance, which I didn't think that these guys got paid for, but I guess they do get paid, but it's a very minuscule amount. Um, he got paid, what was it? $671, but he's estimated to make $125 million because of he, before the Super Bowl, he, uh, just released a new album. He's had one tour date here that sold out and now he's added another. So, oh, he got free Super Bowl tickets. The Super Bowl does pay for like him to be there, him where he stays. The dancers get paid um, a union amount, um, but he got paid $671, but he uh, got married. Um, why is this not playing? He's like, why is this not playing? Um, he got married uh, after he performed at the Super Bowl to his um, girlfriend, longtime girlfriend, I guess, Jennifer Gochia. Sorry, Jennifer. I don't know how to say your last name, but um, they got married after the halftime show and he was he was all pimped out. Um, it doesn't say where they got married, who was in attendance, but yeah, he got married. Um, what else was I going to tell you about him? Oh, I already talked about how much he got paid and all that. I was hoping this would get to where it says, hey, DJ. <laughs> he needed $600 to get married. $671 to be exact. <laughs> I kept looking for that. I was like, wait, why? how did they come up with that amount? And it's something, I don't know, with union, there's the minimal amount that they can get paid. Who knows? It could all be a lie. It's on the internet, right? But when we're talking about the Super Bowl, if you saw the Dunkin' Donuts commercials with Mr. Ben and Flock in that tracksuit, I didn't know, but they were selling those tracksuits. And tell me, and they sold out. But who, I don't know who would pay $60 for the jacket and $60 for the pants. Let's say Dunkin', when it doesn't say Dunkin' Donuts, what does it say? Dunkin'. Oh, it says Unking. Um, da Kings, it says on the front. Da Kings and Unking um, and Boston. Oh, it says Boston Red Sox on it? Oh, hell no. Hell no, I wouldn't buy one of those. Um, that's $120. It probably tax on everything. No, no. But they sold out. And the little bucket hats, too. They're selling the bucket hats, too. And the bucket hats, I think, were... Let's see the jackets. Ridiculous. <laughs> I think the hats were 30 bucks. It won't let me go back. But the, the jacket and the pants are um, $60. You can go in there and pre-order 
so you can be next in line to wear your Duncan tracksuit. Um, give me a break. I don't know. Control. Come on, say hey, DJ. Not gonna say it, huh? All right. <laughs> We're gonna move on. Um, so that was Dunkin' Donuts tracksuit. It's enough about the Super Bowl. Um, and I keep talking about Taylor Swift and that guy. Ugh. Um, so the national holidays, it is Ash Wednesday. So if you see people with something on their head, it's the ashes for Ash Wednesday. Um, very, come on, bring it up, please. Of course, it's the, um, Valentine's Day. There we go. Valentine's Day. Um, it is also Congenital Heart Defect Awareness Day. Um, like I always say, know your body, you know, when something is strange and different, um, going on, um, because in the last two years, I've found out that I've inherited things that I even didn't have any idea even existed. So, um, just be aware when you think something's going on with your body, um, get it checked out. Um, Gold Heart Day lets, lets us raise awareness and funds um, for the disabled and disadvantaged so they can have equal opportunities. I think that that is extremely important. Um, it really bothers me that it even bothers me that we even have to have days like this to bring awareness to it. I mean, there's so many people in our country that need help. And um, when you have somebody in your life that has a disability, be it um, educationally wise, um, mentally wise, physically wise, anything, um, it's hard, it's difficult. And they do have disadvantages that they have to face every day. And there are people in groups out there that um, are there to help them. And I think that that's extremely important. So Gold Heart Day um, is today. Um, it is International Book Giving Day. Hey, you know what? I think that's freaking awesome to give a book on Valentine's Day. You might think I'm a geek, but I do. I would love if I got a cookbook or I've been totally into um, Bam Bam News because I kind of told him that I was watching it, but, um, I was watching, been watching this documentary on the blue zones and it's a health thing. And I'm going to do a show on it, not on this, but on the squats and thoughts I've been taking notes and I'm going to talk about it. And I would love to have a book about that. I'll be like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool because it's so interests me. So I think books, um, are awesome. And I, I'm one of those that like to have the book in my hand. Um, I haven't gone to the library in about a year, but I do love the library. Aaron and I were going all the time for a while there. Um, I just like the, the feel of the book, the smell of the book, but I like books. So, um, international, book giving day. Um, and it goes right in with library lovers day, library lovers day. Um, madly in love with me day with that was perfect with, um, the word self love. So there you go. Um, then we have a national boon day. I have not, I don't think I've ever met somebody named Boone. I did just play that. Um, what was his name? Ben Boone something boon that artist the other on Monday. I think I played him on Monday. It might've been Friday. Um, so it's national boon day and national chance day. Neither one. I don't think I've ever met a chance or a boon. Um, but 
it's your day. Um, and let's see, for the girls, it's Christine, National Christine Day. Um, and it, of course, National Cream Filled Chocolate Day, um, National Donor Day, which um, I'm a donor. Um, oh, National Ferris Wheel. I always loved Ferris Wheels as a kid. Um, it's National Ferris Wheel Day, which is weird because you don't normally, you would think National Ferris wheel day would be in the summer when there's, um, festivals and stuff, you know, when you see Ferris wheels, not in the middle of winter when nothing's open, but anyway, it's national Ferris wheel day. If you're anywhere where you can go on a Ferris wheel, um, go ahead and do that. And then they're talking about today being still national football hangover day. I think that's a bit too much, um, going through George and Natalie are going through a lot today. Oh, I, Peter, you'll have to let me know on um, Messenger what's what's going on with them, and um, so I can pray for them. I will do that. Um, owner Day. Oh, Pet Theft Awareness Day. Um, I didn't know that there was a day like that, but it is important. I know my friend Tammy that comes in um, every once in a while um, that I call her mean lady, and she calls me mean lady. Her husband, um, when they were engaged, he had... Um, you know, the target dog with the long nose, I can't think of what they're called. Um, but that dog, he, uh, oh, they lost a llama. Oh no. Oh, that breaks my heart. Anyway. Um, they stole his little, the fud, um, Buds McKenzie, fud, Buds McKenzie. What's that dog's name? That one, you know, that little, little target dog. Um, he, he had his stolen. So yeah, they do steal dog animals and that's, that's not cool. Not cool at all. Um, all right, so we're going to get over the national holidays. Um, there are a lot of food recalls, and I'm going to put that on the Dina Joe Facebook page. Um, there's some at Walmart. There's some at Costco. There's a bunch of Trader Joe's, including one of my favorite um, salad dressings, the cilantro one. It is so good. Um, there is an outbreak on uh, sour cream, yogurt, ham. Oh my gosh. There's so many of them. There's just a bunch and God, what's happening with that? Is everything just, they're not being careful. It seems like, I don't know what the heck is going on, but there's like a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch. Um, so we talked about the halftime show. We're not going to talk about that. <clears throat> All right. Um, Oh, I want to play you this <laughs> because Lewis was telling me about it. And then, um, Mike sent it to me and I can't, I could, I can't believe he found it because all I could, when I was Googling it, all I could find was the written article. And I wanted to find this lady telling this story because it's too funny. Um, it, it is, it says, Oh my gosh, are people that literal here? Here, listen to the story. Scary moments for customers at a Kansas Home Depot. Police responded to reports of a bomb threat at the store in Wichita. A customer alerted employees. A man inside the bathroom said there was a bomb in the building. Police were able to locate the man responsible for those comments. And that man told police he warned other guests to leave the restroom because he was, quote, uh, fixing to blow it up. <laughs> Had no intention of causing a panic. Man also told police others in the room laughed understanding his job, which I'm just now getting. Um, Depot says they will not be present. But I can tell you right now, you asked the producer for me to read that, didn't you? <laughs> to 
eat it now, please. No. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to go to a commercial. No, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't stop laughing. Scary moments for customers at a Kansas home. I'm gonna blow this thing up. <laughs> blow this thing up. Oh my gosh. Too much, too much. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that they lost a llama. Thank you for letting me know. I really appreciate that. We are going to start with um, my list of 165 songs that were banned just because there's so many of them. And there was um, quite a few that I didn't get to on um what is today? Wednesday on Monday. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start with the three that I didn't get to. And um, these were songs that Clear Channel thought suggested that they would be triggering to people because of them saying, you know, fire falling, New York, um, and there's even some happy ones. And they were saying, well, we can't be happy during this time. So we're going to yank all these songs. So we're going to start um, with this one, Rescue Me, Fontana Bass. Um, Fontana Bass um, sang with gospel groups from the age of six before switching to R&B when she was a teenager. She eventually auditioned for Chess Records and landed a recording contract. This original composition penned by Bass and Raynard Miller and Carl Smith um, was most successful single. Um, recorded in just three takes, rock journalist Dave Marsh called Bass's powerful vocal performance on this song the best non-Aretha Aretha ever. So here she is, Fontaine Bass with Rescue Me. Paris in 1969, her jazz trumpeter husband, Lester Bowie, based more or less retired, but could be heard on her husband's recordings, as well as releasing several gospel records on independent labels. She died of complications following a heart attack on December 26, 2012. Rescue Maggie Fontana Bass off the album The New Look 1965. It charted number four in the U.S. Oh, that makes me so sad. I, I'm sorry, but you guys, um, that, uh, oh, it, it was, 
Oh, it makes me so sad. That was my favorite Lana. You know, the one with the, this, this, the little, those polka dot, like she had um, spots on her face. Mishka, um, he said that because Natalie and um, what was his name? Natalie and George uh, that I interviewed, they, they moved from here in Parker to Divide, I believe. And, um, gosh, we just saw her too. And M Mishka was attacked by a mountain lion. So, oh my gosh, that just makes me so sad. She was my absolute, oh, I just loved her. She was my favorite. That makes me sad. Oh, I bet their hearts are breaking. I know when you lose an animal, um, it just is like family. All right, we're going to move on to the next one. Oh, man, this does not go at all with the songs, but it was Beastie Boys. Um, both of their songs, Sure Shot and Sabotage, which I'm going to be talking about, were banned. Um, a little bit about Sabotage. Like so many of Beastie Boys' songs, the lyrics are in joke among the bands and their crew. When they were making the All Complication album, it looks like three, or it might be Al Complication album. They weren't very productive. They had a basketball hoop and escape ramp in their studio, which may have kept them from doing actual work. Their producer, Mario, um, was nearing the end of his rope. Frustrated with their lack of progress, he implored them to finish a song, even if it just wasn't instrumental. So Adam... King Ad Rock Horovics in full smart ass mode um, quickly spat out a verse about how um, Collado, and that's Mario, was sabotaging them by making them work and imploding their creative brilliance. Um, this became the, the song's theme, which they put into an instrumental track that they had already made. The song ended up being the lead single and best hit from the album. So here it is, Sabotage, Beastie Boys. So in 2004, Rolling Stones magazine ranked Sabotage number 475 on their list of 500 greatest songs of all time. In 2010, it was dropped to number 480. In 2021, updated list, Rolling Stones ranked the song 245. So up and down, up and down. That's Beastie Boys, Sabotage, off the album, um, Ill Communication, 1994. It re-charted um, number 18 in the U.S. and 38 in Canada. All right, we're going to move on. 
I never was kind of into them at all. Um, the next one is the Beatles, and they had quite a few. Um, a Day in the Life was um, banned, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Ticket to Ride, and oh, 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 la di, oh, la da, that one, this one we're going to talk about. Paul McCartney began writing, oh, la di, oh, la da, during the Beatles' stay in Rishka, Indiana, India in early 1968. Prudence Sparrow, one of their fellow transcendent meditation students there, recalled McCartney, John Lennon, and George Harrison playing it to her in an attempt to lure her out of her room, um, where she had become immersed in intense meditation. McCartney wrote the song when reggae was becoming popular in Britain. Um, author Ian McDonald described it as McCartney, rather approximate tribute to a Jamaican ska Adiism. Um, here is the Beatles. In the marketplace, Molly is a singer in the band. This one's best for Molly, girl, I like your face. Oh, Bam Bam, it's just me and you. <laughs> just me and you, Valentine. Desmond in the lyrics from the opening line, Desmond has a borough in the marketplace, was a reference to reggae singer Desmond Decker, who had recently toured the UK. The tagline, Obladi, Oblada, life goes on, brah, was an expression used by Nigerian Congo player Jimmy Scott Mbukapur, an acquaintance of McCartney's. According to Scott's widow, a part of the stage act was his band, Obladi, Oblada. Scott would call out Obladi, to which the audience would respond, Oblada. And he would coincide, Life Goes On. This is the Beatles. Obladi, Oblada, off the White Album, 1968. It charted 39 in the U.S. and 29 in Canada. Canada liked it. That's weird. My screen just to turned totally gray. Um, all right, we're going to move on to um, Pat Benatar. She had two songs that were banned um, during that time. Um, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, which I'm going to talk about, and Love is a Battlefield. 
So a little bit about him with your best shot. Sometimes if we're feeling particularly confident or nothing to lose, we feel like we can take anything life throws at us. That's the sentiment and hit me with your best shot. Written by Eddie Schwartz, a struggling guitarist in Toronto. Um, he said in an interview, the story behind the song, I was in kind of a weird therapy when I was in my mid-20s. It was called Bioingenetics. Um, I believe, he says, one of the things we did was punched pillows. I guess it was something to do with getting out hostility. I went to a session where we were punching the pillows for a while. It all seemed kind of strange, but I remember walking outside of this therapy session and standing on the doorstep of the building. I'd been in this small house in Toronto and the title just came to me. Hit me with your best shot. I haven't been to therapy before or since. Maybe I should go back, he says. So here is Pat Benatar with Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Benatar singing this song is that she took a meeting in the office next door to where Marv Goodman had been playing it over and over and over and she heard it through the wall got excited about it and that's how she first heard hit me with your best shot on um, Pat Benatar of the album Crimes of Passion 1980 it charted uh, nine in the U.S. and ten in um, Canada all right, we're going to move on to a little Black Sabbath, uh, which they only had two, which is kind of strange. They only had two that were banned, um, and they were um, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, and War Pigs, and that's the one that I'm going to play. War Pigs was inspired by Vietnam War. Sabbath player, bass, bass player, um, Jeezer Butler, who was also their lyricist, recalled in a 2017 interview, Britain was on the verge of being brought into it. There were protests in the streets, all kinds of anti-Vietnam things going on. War is the real Satanism. Politicians are the real Satanists. What, that's what I was trying to say. Okay, so here is War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Happy Valentine's Day! 
the masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Oh, larger! So the original name of this song was Warplagus, um, which is, is a festival with origins in paganism and witchcraft. Um, Sabbath lead singer Ozzy Osbourne released the original version on his 1997 album, The Osman Cometh. The band wanted to use this as their title of the album, but the record company thought it was too controversial and made them use Paranoid, another song on the album, instead. So War Pigs, um, Black Sabbath off the album Paranoid, 1970. Um, this song at the time did not chart on any of anywhere. So we're going to move on to the next one. Um, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and When I Die is the song. This was one of the first songs written by Laura Nairo, who was 17 when she wrote it. The song was first recorded by Peter, Paul, and Mary in 1966. Nairo um, included it on her first album in 1967, more than... Um, a more than discovery, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, a nine-man group with prominent horn section, covered it in 1969, and their version was a hit. The song is about death, but also about living, reflecting on the time on earth and frutality and wasting that time worrying about what's to come next. And when we die, another will be born to replace us. Here is Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and When I Die. Such a happy little song. DJ Flame, you're a DJ too? <laughs> Good to see you. And of course, this was banned because it had die in the title.
So um, the Laura Nairo connection to Blood, Sweat, and Tears, um, she was dating the bass player, Jimmy Butler. I'm going to interview with David Clayton Thomas, who was the group's lead singer. He explained, Laura used to come to our rehearsals and hang out. Sometimes she'd bring pizza to the rehearsal place. We were just all pals, and we knew Laura's song, and even before she got her recording career launched. Um, she was one of our inner circle of people that we hung out with. So this is Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and When I Die, off the album Blood, Sweat, and Tears, 1969. It would chart in the U.S. at number two and number one, and actually in Canada. All right, we're going to move on to um, the next song and uh, band. And the song is Burning For You, Blue Oyster Cult. A little bit about that song. Lead singer Don Buck Dharma Roser wrote this with Richard Metzer, a rock writer who often contributed lyrics to the band. Dharma originally planned to keep the song for release on his 1982 solo debut album, Flat Out. However, Blue Oyster Cult's manager, Sandy Perlman, convinced him to give the song to the band. Rosner sang lead vocals on the song, as he also did on the band's Biggest chart hit, um, Don't Fear the Reaper, in 1976, in lieu of Blue Oyster Cult's usual lead vocalist, Eric Bloom. Here is the song, Bloom Me, Burning For You, Blue Oyster Cult. Sorry about that. was one of the few American rock bands that was making videos when MTV launched in 1981. The single was released in July of that year, and when MTV went on to air in, in August 1st, um, they were happy to put it in rotation since they wanted to push a rock format but had little to choose from. Thanks to the exposure on the network, the song rose up to the charts, reaching 40 in October. 
but it would chart uh, number one in the U.S., number 47 in Canada, burning for you, Blue Oyster Cove, off the album, Fire of an Unknown Origin, 1981. All right. We're going to move on to another um, band from that time, Boston. Uh, the song that is smoking was um, banned. Um, written by the group's leader, Tom Schultz, um, smoking is part of Boston's self-titled debut album, which was constructed when Schultz was still working for um, the Polaroid company. He had a degree in MIT. Schultz um, set up a home studio and worked on demos until he finally landed a deal with Epic Records in 1976. Originally, the song was called Shaken, um, which is how Tom Schultz played it with his band, Mother Milk, in 1973. Schultz made a demo of the song with that title, but by the time he recorded it with Boston's debut album, it became Smokin'. Here it is, Smokin' by Boston. Welcome, N-E-T-J-I-X-A-X. Hey, Blackbeard, welcome back. Thank you, Peter. This song is about having a good time listening to music, but it can be interpreted as being about marijuana. With the lines keep on token, um, the song clocks in at four minutes and 20 seconds, which is um, time associated with Smoking Pot 420. All right. Um, that is Smoking by Boston off the album Boston in 1976. At this time, it didn't chart it anywhere, but still a good one. We're going to move on to the next band, a song back in when 9-11 happened. And um, the song is Black in Black by Los Bravos. It's an older one, <clears throat> but a good one. Los Bravos was a Spanish quartet with a German lead singer, Mike Colgan. Um, they were one of the few rock groups from non-English speaking country to have an international hit in part 
because they were one of the few Spanish acts that sang in English. After getting tipped to the group by someone in Decca Records in Spain, British producer Ivor um, Raymond took a trip to that country and signed the group, who at the time were using the name Mike and the Runaways. He brought them to London, had them record Black and Back, and um, was their first release as Los Bravos. So here it is. Black is black. I keep saying black is back. It's black is black. Sorry, Los Bravos. Here it is. I'm doing well, DJ Flame. this one is it there's no fire or falling in new york or death in the title and it's about his lady leaving him i don't get this one some of them are weird that way <laughs> well that is black is black los bravos the album black is black 1966 it would chart number four in the U.S. and number one in um, Canada. It says, this colorful song finds the singer utterly complex by his girl who left him. He wants her back. <laughs> then reconsider, since she'll only leave him again, putting him in even greater misery, he says. Upon further reflection, he thinks maybe it would work out after all if she returns. She's not coming back, of course but he seems to feel better believing it. He will. Aww. All right. Lost Bravo's black is black. <laughs> I don't get why they, some of them, why they banned them. Like this next one, the title, Doctor, My Eyes, Jackson Brown. There's nothing in the title. Um, Jackson Brown songs often ask if it's better to see the world through a harsh lens of reality or just leave on rose-colored glasses. He does just that in Doctor My Eyes, asking if it asking if why if it was unwise to leave his eyes open so long as now he must contend with slow parade of fears. What? All right. Um, the song has a very literal inspiration. Um, I did, in fact, have something happen to my eyes, he said. Um, they became red and I can barely see. I didn't know what it was. They gave me some drops. Keep your eyes shut for a few days. Um, by the time I wrote this, I could see again. But it was a metaphor of having seen too much and loss uh, of innocence. Okay. So here is um, Jackson Brown with Dr. My Eyes. Thank you. 
sometimes you have no idea what um, the meaning is behind these songs unless you look into it. Um, wow, gosh, and little and I miss little Debbie was in here too. the Jackson 5 did this song. I want to play a little bit of it. So this this was um, Jackson Brown, Doctor My Eyes, off the album Jackson Brown, 1972. It would chart number eight in the U.S. and number four in the U.K. I've always liked that song. All right, so the Jackson 5. I had no idea until I was doing this. Um, and then I kind of remember it once I hear it. I'm like, Oh, I remember that song. I remember them doing that. Here they are, Jackson 5. rendition song was banned but the jackson five wasn't so it's like wait what all right that's a little bit of the jackson five doctor my eyes we're going to move on to the next song and it's bush and the people that we love now that song um oh actually wait a minute wait a minute that's not the right song. Um, well, that's the one we're going to play. Because um, that's weird. Why is that one on there? The song that was um, banned is Speed Kills. Um, oh, I think it's because it's it's changed. That's why. Sorry. It, the, the title of it is changed, I'm pretty sure. Speed Kills. Um, 
I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Um, it's by Bush. According to Bush's lead singer, Gavin Rosdale, the song is about how you can be most destructive to the people you love. The original title, Speed Kills, um, the album cover was originally black silhouette of a plane on the on a gold background. But after 9-11 attacks, the name of the song and the cover were changed. Okay. That's why it doesn't match. It just threw me off for a second there. I was like, wait a minute. Um, so here is, well, it was called Speed Kills. Now it's the people that we love. So Bush. Throw me off there. I didn't know that Gavin Ronsdale was he he was in Zoolander. Michael, I don't ever call you Michael. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, that's okay, my friend. All right, so that is, um, well, let's see, is there anything else? The song appeared in the video game Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit 2. Speed kills, um, change to the people that we love. Off the album, Golden State, 2001. This actual song didn't chart anywhere. So um, that is it, Bush. We're going to move on to the Chalites. The Chalites. Have you seen her? Tell me, have you seen her? <laughs> this was written by Barbara Acklin and Eugene Record, um, who was the frontman of the Chalites. Um, the spoken parts were inspired by the opening monologues on Isaac Hayes' 1969 Hot Buttered Soul album. Hot Buttered Soul album, woo! Um, where um, Hayes would tell an often heartbreaking tale using his speaking voice before singing. On Have You Seen Her, Record speaks the verses, explaining that even since his girl left him, he hasn't been able to enjoy the single, simple pleasures of life, like going to the movies or playing with the neighborhood children. That's because he can't stop thinking about his girl, and he envisions her everywhere he goes, even though she really isn't there. He tells himself she's been back, but he knows deep down it's a lie. Still, he asks anyone who will listen, have you seen her? <laughs> Here they are, the Chalites. Have you seen her? Happy as a lark. But now I go for walks. 
to the east, maybe to the front. I have a seat on the same old bench to watch the children play. <laughs> you know, tomorrow is their future. But for me, just another day. Just another day. They all get around me. They seem to know my name. He's so sad. We laugh, tell a few jokes. Jokes! But it still doesn't ease my pain. Mm -hmm. I know I can't hide from a memory of day after day I've tried. I keep saying, she'll, she'll be back. back. But today, again, I've lied. Oh, I see her face everywhere I go on the street. And even at the picture show, have you seen her? Tell me how you seen her. Oh, I hear her voice as a cold wind blows in the sweet music on my radio. You have you seen her? Tell me, have you seen her? These guys back then had such high voices. <laughs> to having someone to lean on. So the Chalites label Brunswick Record didn't think much about this song and released three other songs as a single from the album. When R&B radio stations started playing Have You Seen Her off the album, the label finally saw the hit potential and issued it as a single. It became the group's first number one on the R&B charts and the first top 10 on the Hot 100. Have you seen her, the Chalites, off the album, For God's Sake, Give More Power to the People, 1971. Um, it charted number three in the U.S. and number eight in Canada. All right, we're going to move on from Have You Seen Her to A Son of the Times, Petunia, Petunia, Petunia Clark. Um you would expect a song from the 60s called A Sign of the Times to have heavy political or social content. There is no weighty meaning in this one, however, as Petunia sings about a guy who has finally stopped neglecting her and should and she couldn't be happier. Like most of Petunia's hits, it was written by British songwriter Tony Hatch. So again, I don't understand why they'd be on this one. So here is A Sign of the Times, Petunia Clark. Welcome Z-W-A-S-G-Z-M-H. It was like they went through these lists and it was like, I don't like this song and I don't like this song. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
So Miss Petunia, in a 2013 interview, was asked what she thought about this song when she heard it. And she said, I love it. It had a slightly different feel, a sign of the times. I suppose you might expect some big political statement or something, but it's just straight out love song, she said. So Miss Petunia Clark, a sign of the times off the album, My Love, 1966. It would chart in the U.S. at 11. All right, we're going to move on from Petunia to The Clash, which we had you know, International Clash Day not too long ago. Um, Rock the Cashbar is a song that was banned. Um, when it became a hit, Joe Stormer considered leaving the Clash. He couldn't justify singing rebellious songs when the band was rich and successful. In their early years, when they were struggling, their music was sincere, but he felt that they were becoming a joke. When the band broke up in 1985, it was speculated that their plan all along was to break up once they had conquered America, a feat that was achieved by Rock the Cashbah, becoming such a huge hit along with Should I Stay or Should I Go? Here's the one that was banned, Rock the Cashbah, The Clash. to the walled areas and many North African towns, especially the ones in Algiers. Um, the lyrics use many different terms and harmonious contexts, the Arabic, Hebrew, Turkish, Sanskrit language and culture. Along with Kashbah, there are also Sharif, Vendance, Shikin, Kosher, Reggae, Merits in the song. Rock the Kashbah off the album Combat Rot. 1982, which are at number eight in the U.S. and 17 in Canada. All right, we're going to move on to Phil Collins. Um, his song that was banned um, is In the Air Tonight. Uh, I always thought they said Doc the Asphalt in the song. No. No, no, rock to cashbox. <laughs> rock to cashbox. You're way off there, Mike. Um, in the air tonight, Phil Collins. Um, the meaning of in the air tonight becomes a pervasive urban myth. The story, which is not true, is that Collins 
watched as a man who watched his wife drown. Another version has Collins writing the song about a man who watched another drown and singing it to him at the concert. Yet another variation claims that when Collins was a young boy, he witnessed a man drowning someone, but was too far away to help. Later, he hired a private detective to find the man, sent him a free ticket to his concert, and and premiered the song that night with the spotlight on the man the whole time. All are untrue. These stories, which we repeat, are not true, spread by word of mouth. Then in the 1990s, in chat rooms and message boards started showing up on the internet. They were often a topic of debate. So here is the song in the air tonight, Phil Collins. And I'm guessing because it says in the air tonight. I like him. I went through my times. I like Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel. Bam, bam. Drive safe, my friend. I'll talk to you later. I can't cut off the best drum part, I swear. Oh, oh, give her a big hug.
Okay, Peter, give those llamas a big hug. One of these days, I'm going to learn how to play the drums. It'll be fine. <laughs> Collins wrote this song about the anger he felt after divorcing his first wife, Andrea, in 1980. He was so devastated that he left Genesis for a short time. All the original songs on the Face Value album, including the follow-up, I Missed Again, were at one time intended to be messages to his first wife in an attempt to lure her back. It had nothing to do with people drowning. I'm in the air tonight. Phil Collins off the album Face Value 1981. It would chart um, number two in Canada and number two in the U.S. All right, we're going to move on to the next song, um, which was a happy song that they didn't think um, should be playing um, during the time when people were grieving. And it's a wonderful world, Sam Cooke. Wonderful World was originally written by music legends Lou Alder and Herb Albert. Um, I had no idea Herb Albert um, co-wrote this. But Cooke added the finishing lyric touches and the trio used the songwriting pseudonym Barbara Campbell, um, the name of Cooke's high school sweetheart. Um, that wrote the song. That's who they used. Um, according to Rolling Stones, before the song came out, Cook liked to sing it for women he met, telling them he'd made it up on the spot just for them. Oh my gosh, just like some of those corny lines this morning that I was telling you. What a sly dog. Here is Wonderful World, Sam Cook. <laughs> Oh, Mike, you weren't in here when I was reading those corny ones. I'll tell you a couple of them. <laughs> Here's one. Here's one for you. Here's one for you, BB. Are you alone? Because you definitely have my interest. <laughs> Please don't use that. Please don't go up to a girl and say that. <laughs> or here's the other one. I don't have a library card, but do you mind if I check you out? <laughs> Vinny! Hi, Vinny. Happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Don't use those, you guys. Please don't use those <laughs> to pick up anybody. There's more. If you were a Transformer, you'd be Optimus Fine. No. Are you a parking ticket? Because you got fine written all over you. <laughs> don't. Don't say those. <laughs> 
If I told you you had a nice body, would you hold it against me? Oh my gosh, Mike, no, no, please don't. <laughs> so that is Wonderful World, Sam Cooke off the album. Wonderful World is Sam Cooke. It would chart number 12 in the U.S. and 39 in Canada. Yeah. That was a good song for them to, uh, oh, this next one is crazy. <laughs> this next, this next guy's crazy. The song is called fire. Um, the group is the crazy world of Arthur Brown. Um, and this guy's crazy. The crazy world of Arthur Brown has been performing the song fire in their live act to highly favorable audience response. When it came time to record the album, Arthur Brown, the band singer wanted to record the fire suite, a rock opera centered around the song Fire, which would have focused on the horrors of hell. Oh, this guy's weird. Kit Lambert, Brown's manager and the album's producer, dissuaded him against the uncommercial um, concept. As a compromise, side A of the vinyl record featured a suite of songs written as part of the album's original content, including Fire, which was the B side of the related songs. Um, okay, and I'll read a little bit more about this crazy person in a minute. But the song Fire, The Crazy World of Arthur Brown, here it is. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you Hi, Jill. Happy Valentine's Day. Good to see you. I hope that you're well. Okay, Mike, here's another one. You must be a campfire because you're hot and I want s'mores. Get it? S'mores. Don't say that to somebody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some girl's going to walk away from you. So during their live performances and in black and white promotional um, television clip, Brown performed the song wearing a burning helmet. The helmet was improvised with a leather skull cap on which was bolted to a metal dish that held lighter fluid or petrol as the cap um was not insulated the heat from the burning fuel quickly conducted through the bolts on the top of brown's head ah, causing him considerable pain um, brown claims that the fires got up to four feet high and at one point caught fire to his clothes and during the performance and it's on the front of his album you can see it on fire fire the crazy world of arthur brown um off the album the crazy world of arthur brown 1968 it did not chart anywhere um i do remember the song i don't remember them playing the first part of it on the radio but yeah i do remember it all right we have one more oh wow turn off <laughs> the last one that i have um on the list is um traveling bound by credence clearwater Clear revival and um I don't know why they banned this one. Um, written by lead singer John Fogarty, this song is about um, the hectic lifestyle of, 
um, CCR, and their Road Warrior Ways. In 1969, the band toured constantly and played many of the major festivals, including Woodstock. Um, they were rushed. They were a rush of excitement in it going from place to place. But the drummer um, Doug explained their baggage was constantly getting lost, um, and they spent a lot of time waiting around in the heat during their famous festivals. Traveling got easier for the band when they got their own private plane. Traveling band is very similar in style to the music of Little Richard, which Fogarty saw as a heartfelt tribute to the singer. So here it is, Traveling Band, um, CCR. And again, this song doesn't have um, Fire, New York, Death, or anything in the title. So it's kind of weird that they banned this one too. Or Political. And they were saying, you know, some of the executives didn't like rock and roll. I don't know. So there was a lawsuit. They claimed the little Richards, good golly, Miss Molly was being copied. But Credence bass player Stu Cook said he thought it sounded more like Long Tall Sally. So Cook described the song as a combination of 50 rock classics, but not a ripoff of any one song. That is Traveling Band, CCR, off the album, Cosmos Factory, 1970. It would chart number two in the U.S. and number four in Canada. All right. So um, if you're new to this, um, tomorrow, um, Bam Bam and I are doing um, the documentary uh, CBGB, uh, and we're going to try to have it play live um, on the Dina Joe Facebook page starting at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So everybody can watch it together um, for free. It's a free documentary. And then we have a live chat that goes on here on Podbean while we're watching the documentary together. Um, it's fun. We have a good time. So that's tomorrow. And then I will be back on um, Friday. And Friday's music will be the music from the documentary CBGB. And then Monday, um, we'll continue with this list of 165 band songs. Um, what is the name? CB. GB. Um, it's country blues. Uh, oh, I have it written down. I always forget it. It's country blues, um, uh, bluegrass, country bluegrass blues documentary, country bluegrass blues documentary, um, and all the bands that came through there. It was a club that became uh, a kind of produced place. So Oh, okay. I will, Jill. Thank you. I will for sure. Thank you so much. It's fun because we get to hang out. We watch it. Um, prior to the way we're going to do it, uh, we were all like pushing play at the same time. Um, it, we still had a fun time. We hung out. We hang out on Podbean and chat. 
while we're watching it and like, oh, wow, cool. You know, so it's fun. We have a good time. So I hope to see you there. Um, and I'm going to leave you guys like, I hope you guys have a really good Valentine's Day. I know it's a day that everybody, I love love. I've always loved Valentine's Day. I don't, not into buy me roses, buy me jewelry, buy me this, buy me that. I just love love. So um, I hope you guys have a good day. And I'm going to leave you like I always leave you. Um, if I turn, can turn this up because I know it's really super low. Woo! Okay. Oh, why doesn't it play? <laughs> Be the reason someone smiles today. Let your smile change the world, but don't let the world change your smile. And if nobody's told you lately, you are loved and appreciated. And I really do mean that. I hope you guys have a good day. Don't be sad. Know that you were loved. And I'm here if you guys ever need me. So have a good day. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Um, bye. Now it's going to be super loud. <laughs> ah! <laughs> bye, guys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Manny. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, BC. Thank you, Bam Bam.